0: Welcome along once again to the Cardiff Live podcast. Today we're joined by Professor Paul Carr from the Atrium, University of South Wales. Paul, if someone stopped you in the street and asked you what you do, what would you say?
1: What do I do? Um, At at the moment, like you said, I'm Professor of Popular Music at the university here. Mm. I've been here for 16 years, Uh, came here when we were the uh, University of Glamorgan or part of university of south wales was the university Mm -hmm. of glamorgan and set up then what was the first popular music degree in in wales um based on the treforest campus. so i came in as a principal lecturer Mm. and you know uh, i became a uh, professor three years ago
0: i'm noticing with the accent i I i'm trying to think which valley you're from i don't think you're from this (laughs) around these parts um originally from the newcastle yeah
1: yeah originally from newcastle
0: how did how did you end up down here in uh, south wales
1: yeah it was a bit a bit of a convoluted journey you know uh, i i grew up in newcastle uh, went to music college there um then as a budding guitar player uh moved to uh london and uh made made a living in London working as a guitar player Mm -hmm. um for 10 years in London Mm. um probably most famously as you know working with the James Taylor Quartet yes as a guitar player yes um and various other things you know just made made my way and sort of gradually moved across into teaching um Mm. so then moved to Dorset and I Started my full-time teaching career, um, teaching at um, Bournemouth and Poole College, uh, where I set up a an early degree course, an early popular music degree course. There wasn't mm-hmm. many of them around in those days, and then, uh, like I said before, uh, moved to to Wales 16 years ago. Originally moving for to, the job. Yeah, for the yeah, job. Yeah. yeah. So I came here for the job. Mm. Um, 16 years ago, oh. originally moving to um, Talabont and Usk. Okay, nice. So lived there for 11 years, and I've lived in Merthyr Tydfil for the last five. Oh. So um,
0: have we got used to Wales now? You know, got used to the people sort of thing?
1: Yeah, but, you know, the South Wales <laughs> valleys aren't that dissimilar to um, parts of the North East. If you look at the recent election results, you'll see a, a bit of a commonality between what goes on in Newcastle and yeah. what goes on in the valleys and it's very similar
0: so when you first came to uh, just must have been 2003 something like this when you first when you first yeah. came came here to to South Wales Um I mean we, I, know, I know some of your background and some of the things you've written and uh, I think you're kind of I don't want to get this wrong but I think you're pretty kind of proud of your kind of working-class roots and your heritage and where, and where you're from and the part yeah. of the world you grew up grew up with you know we're talking about links between uh, kind of the the northeast if you like and and south wales um has that been a kind of a reaffirming thing for you have you, have you found you know the commonalities quite kind of
1: reassuring over the years yeah i mean i i, I do find the, the the commonalities really interesting in particular mm. in the valleys there's yes, there's yes. very strong similarities mm. uh mainly you know sort of post-Thatcherite mining communities which are all over the northeast of England and of course they're all over the valleys as well Hmm. Um, and yeah like you say my research uh, I I wrote sort of two articles back to back which sort of typify it really. The first one was a a monograph on Sting which uh, looked very closely at um, his relationship with the north and his sort a of problematic relationship with his working class background but but through that I was also examining my own relationship with the north and my relationship with my working class background. Do you feel
0: that I mean that's really interesting because I mean you're um, I mean obviously I, I know you quite well through the university you're pretty kind of well established and renowned academic in your field. Do you think that that the more you are kind of um, hierarchy of sort of academic prowess has increased it, do, did you feel a degree of separation with your kind of roots through that is that what you're referring to
1: yeah totally mm. it, it makes you sort of look back and uh you know consider mm. where you've come from and like you say i'm proud of where i come from i yeah. would never want to disguise it although my accent is inevitably <laughs> changed because I've, I've softened maybe yeah i've lived mm. away for so long but yeah. you know there's there's i'd like to think there's still a, a, bit, a bit of a hint there and you know um after the um sting book um i did this really interesting project in merthyr didville where we we put an exhibition on mm. of um uh, popular music making that had happened in the town
0: was that just because you were living there or was it, or i suppose it, is it as a result of living in and around merthyr you kind of recognise the uh, breadth of potential kind of storytelling and music content there. Is that what
2: happened? Yeah, very much. Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, you know the uh, interesting it, place, Merthyr, isn't it? it? It it is, and it, it it's a history, the musical history. I I just noticed from having mm. informal conversations with people, really that. Um, there was a rich, as you say, storytelling yeah. tradition. Yeah, really history. significant place
0: in in well, in you know, in Welsh history. Looking back over the years, isn't it really well, major, yeah, huge major
1: place? You know, mm. but it tends to be associated with quite rightly the mm. Industrial Revolution. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's rightfully got its place as part of that. Mm. Uh, so heavy industry tends to be linked in with Merthyr, as mm. does sort of tough sports like you know boxing. But you don't, you you don't really hear. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of the popular music tradition that came from Merthyr and what I was interested in with that particular project and it it was a sort of an extension of um, what I said before about me trying to understand my own past through um, analysing Sting's music Mm -hmm. Uh, I I did a very similar thing in, in, in Merthyr by basically just giving the community of Merthyr the opportunity to remember their musical past over a 50-year period mm. well actually I'm saying a 50-year period it was over a 20-year period really between 1955 and 1975 and uh, you know I spoke to all sorts of members of the community who um, remembered that they donated loads of photographs mm-hmm. and um, you know we had this fantastic exhibition on in, in um, the, the red house in the town which is a wonderful building Fantastic, building. beautiful building. I mean, if, if
0: anyone hasn't been to the Red House, obviously uh, it's it's not named the Red House. Coincidentally, um, it's a kind of a political heritage to that place. Yeah. Um, uh, and um, a couple of years ago, I think I remember Corbyn standing on the on the on the yes. front uh, there in a huge crowd gathering. And if you look around the building, you know, I think Keir Harding There's there's, there's pictures of all these famous political figures over the years, all around in Nairobi and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a won- wonderful building what 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 how did you choose that
1: kind of period of time um yeah the reason i chose that period of time was because it's the time period that is being forgotten especially the the early one you know uh, Hmm. people who remember 1955 and when I say remember it, I mean we're engaged in we're music in at that now, time. Really? They were they're, they're yeah. in their eighties. Mm. so mm. it felt quite urgent to to meet some of those people and to get their memories of what the music while you, scene, while you could while well, I could what mm. the music scene was like in Merthyr at the time. Mm. And all sorts of things emerged. You know, uh, I got some incredible photos of skiffle bands and big bands, uh, mm. and you know, moving forward into the sixties. You know, we. We got evidence of bands like Pink Floyd playing in Merthyr Tidville. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, the Small Faces. Where did they play? They they played in what was the Castle Cinema. Okay. Uh, which is no longer there, but it's you know it's the space where like the um, capital
0: used to be in Cardiff, I suppose. That kind of you know the big space for the entertainment events.
1: Yeah, well. the the castle cinema eventually became what was called the ABC cinema and ABC Mm. cinemas were all over the UK and they were used quite often they doubled as music venues usually on a Sunday evening so on those Sunday evenings in Merthyr and there was a period in the 60s when Mm -hmm. like I said before um, you know uh, Pink Floyd played there Um, they were actually supporting um, a band called um, uh Oh, it was Peter Frampton's band, uh, The Herd. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: So Pink Floyd were actually okay. supporting. Um,
1: yeah. But Herman's Hermits with Peter Noon, hmm. they, they played there, The Small Faces, Love Unlimited. Wow. Uh, and I try to capture memories of that and try to get evidence of photographs. And, you know, I got photographs of autographs and, hmm. um, you know, Dave Gilmore um, in... What was the castle cinema yeah and the castle cinema of course is the very place where Mirtha rising takes place yes opposite the red house so yep. these things have got sort of political resonance yes they and do. uh you know the the they're, they're an important part of mm. welsh musical history which is mm. uh, largely forgotten so i wanted to try and expose that really it's, I mean, I, I
0: you know um, that I've got uh, kind of a, uh, an attachment, if you like, t- to Merthyr Tidville because I've been helping them mm. with, with with a bid for a community radio license, yeah, which has actually been successful.
1: Mm. So, congrats, yeah, great. yeah,
0: yeah, which is great, uh, and that's going to be happening uh, in the new year. Uh, they have to get on air within a year. This is the way these things work. Mm. But great news for Merthyr Tydfil because. And I've been working at the university for nearly 18 years. Mm-hmm. I was also at Petroforest before we came down here. And I always had this be in my bonus about Merthyr Tydfil because of the history and the heritage of the place. And, you know, if we look at the Three G's project, which were from um, Gernos, uh, Georgetown, and I can't remember the other one, but it's a, of a Welsh type name. There's three places that are a G anyway in, in in Merthyr. Yeah. And when I went around there, and, you know, you said about the kind of political resonance of, of Merthyr Tydfil is um, the kind of attitude of people to fight back. Yeah and to kind of give a toss you know yeah. which which exists in Merthyr and a kind of that, that activism and, and passion to kind of represent their community um and, and and the stories that were there so people who had these photography projects you know and they're all about certain parts of Merthyr Tydfil and the Gurnos and all the difficulties it's had over the years you know yeah. it's just a really fascinating place and I always thought yeah this place really needs it needs two things right two things that are close to my heart one is it needs a a, a, a football league site yeah, would <laughs> yeah. be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, which, uh, which it doesn't have at the moment, of course, and also needs a, needs a community radio station mm. because what a community radio station can do, in, this, in the same way that you're doing there, really, quite a lot of parallels. I've always thought between what we do is um, about storytelling and kind of personal histories and intergenerational stuff, you know, and what was it like in the mind's granddad or great-granddad, you know, that kind of stuff, capturing those stories while he can.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: that stuff is community and it is Community radio and it is community media, so those stories are kind of priceless, aren't they? They
1: they, they are, and, and and I think it's so under so, so important to get the younger generation to understand those traditions. Uh, we did that as part mm. of the project. We mm. got some schools involved, and they uh, reenacted some of the memories. You know, uh, yeah. lots of lots of memories. Some of them, the non-descript, such as you know waiting outside of a venue after you'd missed your last bus home. Uh, to yeah. the Aberfan disaster. You mm. know, people remembering... Um, you recorded
0: this t- stuff, did you? Uh,
1: it, uh, in photographic yeah. um, detail, mm. but... No th- audio? Uh, there was no audio of this particular yeah. event. It was at Theatre Zoë. Mm. Nice uh, theatre. was it was beautiful. Uh, there, mm. it, was, it was fantastic to, to see these uh, young uh, children um, resonating with the stories of these uh, people who were 50 years older. Yes. And, yeah, I love that. Uh, and and mm-hmm. and I think it's vital, you know, where your your role models need not be, um, you know, the people who you see on TV and radio, but they can actually be local. Yeah. Uh, and but to do that, we need to make people understand what they are.
0: I think one of the one of the bands you were talking about was it the Bystanders. Was yeah. That with Owen Money, was he involved in that? I'm he right was for a that, short yeah. while. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he uh, yeah he was around right at the start and mm. uh, and.
0: He's a bit of a kind of a, uh, a, a kind of a popular cultural kind of figure from Merthyr Tid area, I suppose, isn't he? Really, he is. Yeah.
1: He, he he is, and uh, you know, he, he obviously went from being of the bystanders to working his way through to mm. radio and, and 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 TV, and he's he's a sort of a. Did you interview him? Uh, I I did the Owen Money show on oh, BBC Radio oh, Wales, ah, nice. so yeah. he knows about the project, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, he yeah, yeah, he obviously resonates really. Closely with it because he's part of it. He's yeah. He's in some of those photographs that mm. I I was telling you about.
0: He's still playing now, and you probably know he hasn't been very well. I do. But yeah. I believe he's. I believe he's on the men. But um. Yeah. Uh, another guy who plays who plays in his band got a band called the Wrinklies. Yeah. Because they're a bunch of old gents, you know. Yeah. One of them is a, a chap called Gwyn Gwyn Jones, Quincy Jones. I know him very well. Yeah, Gwynne's a great guy, and of course, uh, within a few weeks of Owen having his problems, Gwyn also um, had. Uh, a major health issue he did and is now just I think it was a couple of days ago I got out and yeah, he, in the hospital so, he, which is great
1: he sent me a Facebook message today bizarrely oh, okay. enough he's a great, he's did, a great guy once did, did, he's he's yeah. uh, loads of stories as you know he, he, yeah he's a great storyteller himself yeah and yeah. he's yeah worked with Owen for many years but he, yeah. he did he spent a lot of time working on the cruise ships as well yes that's right uh, yeah. and yeah he's a really you know well-rounded good musician good drummer yeah. good keyboard player yeah. he, he writes he, he, he reads and writes music in the traditional sense you know he did you hear about his new book did he tell you about his book no don't know about that he's it's, got this
0: new book which is to do with um, it's to do with music and keys and okay. how, it kind of, like, like everyone, it's just like a mathematical equation, I suppose, for how to create music. You should ask him. Ask him. It, ask him. about it when when, when you see him. Yeah. Talk, talking about music, as we are to a large extent here today. Uh, you said it, but you you made it sound as if you know it's just like a casual observation that you know I went to London and started making money money out of music. It's not that easy to do that. Is 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 it?
2: No. No. So you, that no. must
0: have been a battle, and I guess you went through some pretty hard times. Could you talk me through how those, those times and how it, you ended up playing with the James Taylor Quartet and sure. touring in Europe and yeah. selling records and everything else?
1: Yeah, well, obviously when I moved to... My, my first gig when I left music college was um, in the Middle East. It was actually in Dubai. Wow. So I, I, and I'd never been um, uh, out of the UK. So uh, my first... Uh, experience of uh, a non-UK culture was um, was Dubai which and, would have
0: been quite different in those days I it, guess this
1: was in 1984 yeah. so you know yeah. you're talking about a long time ago and that wasn't a Newcastle band it was a band that was partially based in London which is the reason I mentioned it that the bass player, mm. a friend of mine Gary Cribb um, himself a you know, really excellent bass player when i came back from the middle east i um i i moved in with gary uh, as a as a means to get to london i knew nobody apart from gary he's from newcastle too was no no you? he's a he's oh, okay. a born and bred um, uh, london well on, on the outskirts uh, it was um actually in earith and kent okay um where, where this was so it was mm. a short commute so yeah at that point like i say i i didn't know anyone and the the way that i got my first gigs i had a demo tape of a band that i uh, had worked with in newcastle playing my material and i'm sort of admitting my secrets here <laughs> that i i went around these venues uh, pretending that that band was based in london right. so g- gave the venue owners the cassette and uh, quite often i got a gig hmm. and then when i got the gig i booked a band to do the gig uh, quite often with you know usually with people i'd never met and quite often i didn't meet them until the day of the gig uh, luckily because i read music yeah they were all reading but were they? they were all readers yeah, so yeah. people for example yeah. that's mm-hmm. how i met um uh, Lawrence Cole the bass player that from Swansea well known internationally renowned bass player Lawrence mm-hmm. and Dean Thomas from Cardiff uh, i work with both those guys in in those days playing uh, you know some strange gigs, really tough gigs, in Brixton and all these sort of things. And uh, I give I, us one we know. Uh, uh, the all That was there. The, there was one on Cold Harbour Lane, yeah. and I can't remember the name of it. It's near Millwall, isn't it? It was. It was. A, it was a tough gig. I can't remember. The Atlantic. That was the name. If anyone yeah. remembers that.
2: Yeah.
1: And anyway i started to sort of you know get in with the london jazz scene at, at that point and i started to work in the west end of london it, uh, eventually got a a residency um in in on drury lane in this place called the talk of london where i was playing with all sorts of in fact i became very friendly with um carl wayne at that point who was the lead singer in the move you sang mm-hmm. "Blackberry Away. Carl. First ever uh,
0: single on Radio One, wasn't
1: it? Was it really? I, I think. Yeah, uh, Carl was, was a lovely guy. On, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, lovely guy, and mm-hmm. and he had great stories to tell about you know he knew Roy Wood really well. And yeah, all. yeah, yeah. And on one of the gigs that I was uh, uh, where I was travelling to that gig, um, I, at that point I'd moved to Croydon. I was living in Croydon, uh, driving I know to Croydon. Um, across Waterloo Bridge. And this guy called James Taylor came, comes on the radio uh, being interviewed uh, GLR? by... GLR? Uh, no, he well, was being GLR. It was on the Acid Jazz. Uh, on on Jazz, Jazz FM it was on. Right. And I mentioned Acid Jazz because he was being interviewed by Giles Peterson. Yeah. And uh, he just mentioned his brother had his left the band and mm. he wanted a new guitar player. So being the entrepreneurials type of guy that I is the following day I rang up Polydor Records wow. t- got on the phone to them Yeah. and said I, I'm a guitar player I, I want the gig um, can, any any chance of having a, an audition Yeah. so uh, the wow. rest is history I wow. I uh, a week later or something, I got a I got an audition across in Greenwich. And who um, would you have
0: spoken to at the? Re- I don't mean the person. I mean what, what kind of what kind of role would they have played at the record label? Well, I I think I originally A&R spoke guys to or the A
1: and R department, and they then put me in touch with a guy called Eddie Piller. Now Eddie was Giles Peterson's um, uh, partner in crime. If you want to call it that, when uh, they've put was together, was he the
0: music manager Eddie Pillar? Yeah, went on to become. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. he
1: was yeah. the co-founder of Acid Jazz Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with Giles.
0: Peter Yakimiak talks about. Eddie yeah, Piller. he would. Yeah. Well, Peter
1: yeah. knew a lot of my yeah. history when mm. I came here because yeah. he's, as you know, fascinated by. He's it. so well into that um, mm. that that scene, mm. and uh, yeah, I got to the interview and uh, obviously the audition, I should say, and obviously Jamie's playing the playing the Hammond in
0: some weird little kind of rehearsal room it was idea? yeah
1: crossing Greenwich a little rehearsal room mm. and uh, Steve White was on drums the, wow uh, uh, not not a bad drummer uh, not a bad drummer uh, he'd just left the Style Council wow and uh, so me and Steve mm. uh we're in the band for about the same time. We were in for about a twelve-month period. So, like you said, we, we how, did went... you,
0: how did sorry, uh, Paul. How, so this rehearsal, I'm just thinking thinking Yeah. Uh, what? What? How did that work? Did you was it like you know? This is the tune. here's the sheet music. Did you have to busk a bit? What did no, you? No. Do? Jamie doesn't
1: read music. So I yeah. got sent a copy of uh, their most recent album. Okay. Uh, which was wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Which was the album with um, Starsky and Hutch on? What year was this now? This was in 1988. Okay, so uh, I, I I had to learn that that album because we we vinyl. Uh, it was on cassette. Oh, was it? Wow! It Kay. was on cassette. I was yeah. centered on cassette. Uh, it's difficult
0: to fast forward and rewind the right place. Yeah, on as well. So
1: learned the parts. Mm. Did did the audition. I think mm. three three weeks later we went we went on tour. Wow! Um, and it, that was what I. Quite often described as being the Starskin Hutch tour because they were, to, they were promoting the Wait a Minute album on mm. on that tour, and then during the course of that period, we recorded a few singles, a mm. couple of EPs, and uh, the album Get Organised came out of that, which was probably Jamie's jazziest album. Looking back at his career, I mean, he's gone on to, you know, bigger and better things since then. He, he's he's doing some amazing stuff. Yeah. You know, with he's really becoming a a totally schooled musician. You know, working with big bands and choirs, and hmm. he, he, he's a fab guy. I, I I like Jamie a lot. Were you
0: with Were you with the James Taylor Quartet when they played the Cardiff Music Festival outside the City Hall?
1: Um, I played in Cardiff quite a few times with. Do,
0: remember the remember uh, the Cardiff Summer Festival it used to be outside the City Hall, but you know where the, where, where the Winter Wonderland is these Yeah, days? I do. They used to have a, uh, an annual festival, and James Taylor Quartet definitely played there. It might have been 95. Oh early. no, that's early. after yeah. me. Yeah, okay, that's after me. early Hammond organ. Maybe right in thinking that, but that sounded like right, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, my memories have come in here. Most of the gigs, hmm. the early gigs anyway, were actually down with which it's now called Card of Bay. Yeah. In in those days it wasn't Card of Bay it was no. docks you know it was the 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 docklands and
0: And all the better for it in my opinion but there you go. Yeah it was you know pre <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah you know all of the renovation that had taken place and mm. um but yeah you know that that and during that time I I was continuing to do Casablanca other,
0: Casablanca the Casabla- did you play Casablanca?
1: Yeah, my memory's really bad. With, that would have been
0: probably the gig you would have played. Or would, or was it pubs or was it was it clubs or
1: mainly clubs.
0: Casablanca probably yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well actually there was a Cardiffian in the band at that time. Mm. When we played in Cardiff the first time, um Chrissy Jenkins was in the band. Uh, I've Jenkins who he's a keyboard player he's it? a percussion player, percussion player. Chris yeah. still lives in um, still lives in Cardiff now K-R-I-S Chris is that it's, right? it's K yeah. it's Chris yeah. with, a, with, a, yeah. with a K so uh, mm-hmm. he went on to be a uh, you know uh, quite a well known producer and uh, uh, it moved from London to Cardiff many years ago you still in touch with him by any chance? Uh, on, believe it or not I'm embarrassed to say that we've corresponded via email, but in the 16 years I've lived here, I've not, I've shamefully not met up with Chris. Well,
0: if you come back on, if you come come back in for another interview at some point,
1: I'll have to get him in.
0: Please bring him in, yeah, it'd be great. I'd like to,
1: because yeah. he he, 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 he is it'd be nice back. for you to
0: see him apart from anything else, of course. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'd I'd like to I'd like to catch up with them. Um, yeah, and then you know, um, I. Realised, I suppose, during that time that I didn't like being away from my family. I toured so much that particular year; I think I was months and months and months away from home, hmm. and um, that was the the sort of instigator, I suppose, that moved me uh, towards uh, becoming a an academic. Strange. Okay. Um, was it, yeah? That's a bit of a weird leap, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I I I just thought I. What can I do if I'm gonna not uh, if I'm gonna have security and if I'm gonna be in one place? Mm. And I went through a variety of different options, and I, I actually started off thinking, okay, I'll be a school teacher. Uh, that 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 wasn't going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I lasted uh, I I did that part time for about a year, yeah. but it was mm. very hard. Yeah, I taught in a North London school, and it was really hard and. Mm. At that time, luckily, uh, uh, popular music was just in its infancy. Um, uh, there were what what became the national diploma in popular music. Mm. At that point, there was only two of them in the UK, and I think I set the third one up okay. in in Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took over from a friend of mine, Dave March, and he had developed. He'd started to develop it, and I came in and 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 took o- took over and finished it off. Mm. And that was the start of my gradual transition from being a you know a, a, a freelance guitar player to a to an academic I, I sort of gradually just kept you know I did my PhD a few years after that and and uh, moved on from there because of course uh, we
0: got Damon Mincello, who who, yeah. who who's here at the at the University of South Wales and you mentioned Steve White earlier because played with Steve many, yeah, times. many times and <laughs> he, he made the same transition yeah, and um, well, trying to what, what's the name of the guy now from uh, D Ream the, the the scientist guy, who's uh, who does all the, the um, talks about the planets and everything else. You know the guy, I mean. You'll get there before me. Very oh. famous guy came out of came out of D Ream and, and is now
1: oh yeah um, of course does all the mean.
0: science fiction and uh, not, not yeah, the yeah. science fact rather uh, yeah
2: yeah he,
1: he was playing next door at the was <laughs> arena quite yeah. recently uh, yeah. and. We, mm. Steve, were about the same age. I, uh, mm. I I'm also absent-minded. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> come, I, I,
0: it's killing me now. I can't think of his name. We'll but question it, the audience. We'll, yeah, it'll somebody come to will. Us. It's, it's, it's yeah. so, so kind of. He's, he's so kind of famous. Yes. Um, but this thing with music. I mean, here we are in Cardiff, you know, the capital city of Wales, you know, and and um, we're at the atrium, which is this lovely kind of concrete jungle of academia in the middle, in the middle of Cardiff. Um, and obviously you're heavily involved with with popular music. How do you kind of, um, and I know you've written a lot about this, and I know you've got events coming up. How do you kind of uh, visualise where we're at with music, particularly in Cardiff at the moment? Is it in a healthy state?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're at a really interesting point in um, the the live music scene in Cardiff at the moment. Mm. Um, Because I've been researching, because I come from a background as being a gigging musician, one of the first things i thought about researching was um live music so i i did i think my first bit of commissioned work was about 10 years ago for what was the Welsh Music Foundation looking at the Welsh music the live music sector in in Wales looking at ways of improving it and i and i went on to publish another couple of things uh not long after that and at that time, the frustrating thing was that um, uh, Welsh government didn't seem to be listening to anything uh, that was that was happening. The Arts Council were listening to bits. Uh, the Welsh Welsh government were, didn't seem to be listening to much at all. Where now, I think we've sort of captured the zeitgeist for for this because, uh, of course, you know, recently uh, there's been. Uh, quite a lot of uh, evidence giving into the live music industry in wales in including from yourself uh, including from myself yeah mm. i gave evidence about six weeks ago and there's been quite a lot of other people not not just academics in fact there's not been many academics doing it most people quite rightly have been people who are involved in the live music sector in wales mm. giving evidence on how uh our welsh government can better support it uh so I think just the fact that that's happening, and I think this has come off the back of obviously the Womanby Street campaign, yeah, that, that happened recently, and of course and in Goody Cardiff. Goody Who of
0: course. But yeah. And Goody Who of course. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course the, you
1: know, there's been so many closures of yeah. venues, I mean you mentioned Goody Hugh, but mm. you know, for me one of the saddest events I've witnessed during the time I've lived in Wales is seeing the Point close. Yeah, uh, another lovely venue. It was a beautiful venue and where you started playing
0: all those years ago around the corner. It was yeah. in that area, yeah,
1: exactly that area. And and to see that venue close it was really sad. I I, I uh, mm. you know it and and it was because of something that that really is avoidable. You know that that a block of flats were built close by, and noise abatement. They mm. they couldn't control the sound, so the venue was closed. That has to stop. And and it, it's it's good to see that the women street campaign has is is highlighted that problem hmm. and um uh, Welsh government have, have um, you know taken that and many other things on, on on board so i i'm i'm optimistic i I presume off the back of this evidence there'll be some recommendations and there should be and there has to be some well, action
0: to be to be um uh, i'll say this but because I, I fight for community radio throughout Wales. Yeah. In the same way you fight for musicians and music throughout Wales. I also spoke at the Senate uh, about community radio. Yeah. And there were some recommendations made uh, by a very sympathetic and understanding uh, committee. We even came to the university last summer to, get to, to, to talk to the community radio stations. But unfortunately, um, the response from the Welsh government to that has been... Be polite, lukewarm, right? And you know, it, it, it you've got just these kind of things. You've got to keep on kind of lobbying and hope that the message gets across. But it's kind of pointless and self defeating. But which doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. We talked about the election results just now. It doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to be decent, continue to care, continue to battle, and continue to to be active. But if you have a legitimate argument which is presented, and then it's totally ignored stroked, undermined or filtered down yeah. you do start to bang your head against the wall don't you and it does matter doesn't it?
1: it 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 does and it it you're right i mean you know if government don't support it it doesn't mean to say that we as you know stakeholders in community radio or mm. live music mm. shouldn't engage with it. but it really does need government involvement and it's the same thing you know if I may sort of mention um, uh, popular music education yes well, one, of, one of my other uh, real sort of interest points uh, um, is first of all that everyone has access to music equal access to music regardless mm. uh, how much money you've got in, in 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 your parents bank accounts you should have access to music but secondly that that education should uh, not just include music from the classical tradition mm. but it should include popular music and by popular music i don't just mean playing the music i mean the correct sort of assessment of that music and at the moment that isn't taking place in wales and it's not taking place in england either in in to the level that i would like it to happen and um it isn't going to happen unless government take up the recommendations and you, you can have as many reports into it as many conversations yeah. about yeah. it and, 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 and unless government has the will to make these things happen they won't happen and hmm. and i suppose all we can do is keep on trying really
0: yeah i mean obviously there's another there's another um, strand to that conversation talking about kind of devolved powers and everything else and god knows what the next five years are going to bring us yeah uh now uh, like I've spoken at the Senate I find it a really nerve-wracking and weird experience uh, actually um, I'm trying to think of the name of the very controversial guy I had to speak to is my first thing was, I didn't know what to expect but and I, I know you've done it as well but I'm going to imagine one of the things they probably asked you was why does this matter you know why why does why does uh, the kind of if you like um, uh, the music ecology in Cardiff why does it matter why does music matter
1: yeah I mean you know for me grassroots music is just so important to the sort of Ecosystem of, of music, mm. more generally, you know, the 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 top end of the market, you know, next to where we're sitting now, you know, the Motorpoint the Point arena, the, where the we're arena yeah. you know, yeah. obviously, you know, live a- live nation are stakeholders in that, mm. and and you know the, the the top end of the market, people are prepared to pay forty pound a ticket, and you'll get ten thousand people go and see the right act. Uh, it's monetized; it'll make plenty of money. How much of that money stays in wales i don't know uh, but we're not we're not looking at a welsh company here we're looking at a, a well the american i think um live nation american yeah. based company mm-hmm. um and obviously you know those sort of venues are very sort of aspirational for young people who go to them but there's nothing like having a a, a live music sector which is in touch with the people where um it's more grassroots based but it it's so important to sort of develop the talents that, of of the the various aspects of musicianship. It could yeah. be sound engineering, but it's also performing styles. It's also giving the audience the opportunity to understand that going to see live music is important. But you know, there's issues with monetizing these um, these small venues. You know, yeah. ranging from the rates that. The um, from the venue owners have got to uh, pay to landowners. That's one of the big things, mm. and and you know I know from personal experience uh, with my, um, my my son who's a uh, a musician. You know it's mm. very very difficult to get any money. Playing we should, at we these should n-
0: name check Rory Carr at that point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rory Carr my my son, guitar yeah. player, mm. sort of working his way through as a freelance guitar player at the moment. But it's very difficult to make any money because a lot of the gigs just don't pay, so it's hard. Well, on
0: on on that topic, because I know we, we, you want to talk about a couple of events you got coming up, academic events. You also got a, a, a very interesting book mm-hmm. just about to come out where, where we can talk about what the front cover should look like and yeah, anything else. Okay, but um, I'm just going to ask you about uh, to be the devil's advocate. I remember uh, you you bought brought uh, a chap called Paul Long from Birmingham to talk yeah. here about mu- uh, music orientated in fact in his case was to do with rock music yeah actually um and particularly in the in the Midlands I think I'm right in saying. yeah Birmingham yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh and I, I played the de- I, you know sometimes I play the devil's advocate but I, I asked the question and I mean it genuinely i mean, I, I've, I've played in bands since I was you know 16 17 or whatever mm-hmm. um which is quite a long time as you might guess and not to your level, but still performing, writing, playing, etc. Mm. I generally much prefer to perform original music, um, but it's very, very hard for original musicians to to get gigs, yeah, to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for, for venues to to give them the gig. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I could ask, is there? And and then, of course, you know, uh, with with streaming and Spotify and all the rest of it, you know, no no point one, whatever it is you know of a, of a million pounds you know you five pence, sort of thing mm. you know um, it almost makes you question the, the actual future really uh, for uh, prog- progression for new musicians to actually hang in there long enough to get there you know yeah, yeah, it's, it's a true. difficult difficult road now isn't
1: it it, 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 it is It I mean it's never been easy you know um, mm. I think it depends how you look at it you know it, 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 it wasn't easy when I was young but I mean you know I did i i started making a, a decent living from music when i was 17 mm. and i at, at that point i mixed it i i played uh, two or three nights a week in working men's clubs in 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 Newcastle. Doing the um, covers? Doing all the All covers. Yeah. No original music That's at all. That's
0: how Phil Campbell started out, by the way. Uh, by, we, we, yeah, uh, Phil Campbell from from Motorhead started yeah. out as a drummer Funny enough working in working man's clubs yeah. up and down the valleys. It know? was a
1: great training ground. Hmm. But I also played, you know, in the early sort of instances of the new wave of British heavy metal, you know, playing I was into Metal music, so uh, I, so was I at the time, actually. Yeah, so but you know those gigs. We, <laughs> Tigers of Pang Tang and all that stuff. Yeah, well I auditioned for the Tigers of Pang Tang. Wow. I never told you about that, <laughs> no. but I, I did. I didn't get the gig. Were they from the northeast as well? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, they uh, they were based in Taunmouth. Mm. The uh, mm. the um, wow. John Sykes got the gig that I um, oh, okay uh, who went on to, to play with Iron Maiden and yeah yeah <laughs> you know all that all that stuff. Um, mm. But but yeah, I suppose what I was saying was the um you know you you didn't get much money but you did get money for playing a little bit of money for playing it's always been less and you accept that but i think it's an educational thing where audiences have got to learn to take chances in order to come and see a band who are prepared who are playing um original music that you may not be um accessing on the radio or, in fact, it might have even got as far as iTunes or Spotify, mm-hmm. um, but it's the value of that experience of seeing something live mm. with, uh, and, and quite often it can be you know uh, a, a band that's in development you, you you're sort of seeing them in real time, develop their craft, develop their songs,
2: mm.
1: and to me, that's almost a sacred thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see but you
0: yeah, well, I totally agree with you. Um, but we we you know much as even at my level, I, you know feel humble to say this to you. But we're both kind of musicians. and, and we play music, mm. but um, there's no obligation on the audience to be receptive to new music or, or to take an in, in, interest in anything. That they don't know, and you know, when we can't make them do that, so but, is it to do with towards subsidies? Should it should be subsidized you, by, you know, I mean, we're talking yes. about this new, new, this new, um, kind of committee for, for music in Cardiff. Is that the way forward to subsidize and 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 you know, um, support? Yeah, indigenous music. Yeah,
1: I mean, there is, there are some um, support mechanisms in place for popular music already you know you've got the forte project for example which yeah. is amazing uh, more sort of values based but you know giving great advice and opportunities to 10 young bands every year yeah and then you've got the you know the horizons mm-hmm. projects that are that, that are going on you've got anthem uh but they they tend to be one-off bits of money that Assist bands at particular points in their career. Mm. Um, I would like to see something more along the lines of the way that Welsh National Opera is um, funded, mm. where you know th- that that may not get big numbers. Mm. Uh, and if if it was if the 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 orchestra and the musicians were paid purely on the entrance fee of the people attending, they would not be making a very good living. So. It's it's recognised by government and the arts council by default as being a, an artistic practice of merit, and consequently they provide money to support it. And I think um, you know, popular music is in that bracket. It, it 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 it's clear that because of the things that we've mentioned, high rates, um, mm. you know, so on and so forth. There's not a lot of spare cash to pay musicians mm. in those sort of live music um uh small grassroots venues although I, I i think more could be done um but i think support is 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 important to 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 have it there so that uh whether it's a welsh speaking band or an english speaking band yeah. there is support available to help these um young artists develop their careers that's that's my thoughts.
0: Well you you mentioned you mentioned Women's Street earlier and of course uh, you know the Moon Club being the, no- the notable kind of uh, kind of credible venue I suppose and there's Fuel and there's Club Eva of course in a different kind of scale but the thing about the moon where i was talking about in the moon club is you know lots of bands you never heard before playing original music it's free to get in mm. it's also free to get out of course but yeah but there you are when you're playing but um, you know, and it's, it's a proper kind of proper music venue kind yeah. of thing, and you know, and they, to their credit, they, they they pay they generally pay pay the bands, mm. not a king's ransom, but they pay the bands. But that's the kind of thing maybe you know maybe aspirationally some sort of committee looking for music in Wales, maybe that's the kind of support kind of grassroots venues like that, up and coming where so people don't come through the door but they can still afford to pay the bands so therefore you've got that of progression for up-and-coming musicians you know
1: absolutely so mm. so that the young musicians can or it may not be young musicians I, it could be yeah. any musician i don't want to put an age on it you know yeah. it's 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 if you want to play live music in venues such as that mm. um you know I, I would argue that you know they need at least the minimum wage and and by the minimum mm. wage I don't, I don't mean just for the two or three hours they're there you know the, it, it's quite often hours of rehearsal yeah. to get to the point that you're there sound
0: checks and all the rest all of, all of
1: that digging stuff. your gear out the early as a morning yeah that yeah. needs to be recognised yeah. and it, it, it really should be it, sometimes you know I'll I'll not mention any names and it, it, it isn't a venue in Cardiff it's it's up, up the valleys actually um, and it's not a traditional venue but there's one instance of a you know a major retail provider asking young bands to play for free. Um, and to me, that's disgusting. I, 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 I think really strongly about it. And it's because there's this notion that music is free. You can do the same, you can <laughs> ridiculous, on, You can go isn't it? on YouTube and yeah. listen to whatever you want. Yeah. You can have a free version of Spotify if you're prepared to put it with a few adverts. Yeah. So consequently, you know, for a bit of exposure, inverted commas, you know, we expect you to come and 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 um, you know expose your hard-earned craft to um, to to help us get customers for absolutely nothing, and I think it's disgraceful. It should there should be a law against it. It's it it's not right. Yeah, well, it's almost like us saying you know, we're <laughs> ringing a plumber up and going, look, I, I I haven't got any money, but will you come around and fix my boiler for free, uh, just for the experience. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's it's exactly the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's an insult to the. I can lend
0: you some tools. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, t- yeah, I totally totally agree with you. Mm. I, I I mean I think that hopefully I don't know what the committee is going to achieve. I think it's great that there is a committee for Cardiff for music in Cardiff. Yeah, it is the capital city. It does have a heritage of live music. We've seen, venue, seen venues go under. You know, up and coming bands need to be supported, otherwise they'll have to stop being up and coming bands. So we'll see how that one shapes up. Yeah. Can we move on to your 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 new book, the one for which we're still looking for this cover. Cover. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and when it's is this one in July, is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been submitted to the publishers literally Mm. last week. Mm -hmm. Um so it's called the Bloomsbury Handbook in rock music research. Mm. Bit of a mouthful. Um and it's an edited collection of um 33 chapters from academics literally from all over the world so we've got academics from um new zealand australia um obviously the 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 uk um denmark uh loads of places um Um, north america tons of people from north america uh, have submitted chapters and it's the first book of its type in 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 uh, in in the academic community to sort of examine rock music looking back over its 50 60 year history looking at various aspects of its phenomena if it's so you know we're looking at things like um, gender we're looking at things like um, technologies, how that's impacted it, um, instrumentations, genre and style, um, education. And the list goes on. It's it's mm. it's multifaceted. Um, I'm editing it with a, a friend of mine, a guy called Alan Moore, who Alan is probably, uh, you know, if not one of, if not the, sorry, 100% one of, the most the most influential um popular music scholars that there is he wrote a book in 1993 called rock the primary text which is a i think it's in its fourth edition and um it's just an honor to be to be to be editing the book with with alan really it's 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 great so yeah my my chapter is on um elitism in the um school curriculum how rock is excluded and um, me and Alan have also written an extended introduction looking one of the things we look at in that is the perceived uh, death of rock where you know over the last sort of 10-15 years a lot of people it's based on that Nietzsche quote that God is dead rock is dead uh, and you, you, you see a lot of tropes related to that. So we spend yeah. a bit of time sort of talking Apparently about
0: Apparently, radio's dead as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: right. And we, yeah. we look at that, you know. It, uh, uh, we could spend the whole podcast just talking about So we're bit. not here, are we? Hey, eh? Are we here? I think. Well, the, what, I think the last I'm time here, I looked, sure. we were. Yeah, I think we are. Um, so, yeah, that's the book. It, it hmm. It's with the publishers, and it, it's due to come out on um, uh, the 31st of um, July. Now, so. is,
0: ta- is this targeting... Is this targeting academics and those studying uh kind of pedagogical sort of music related stuff yeah. or is it wider than that or yeah it's
1: not a what i would describe as being a sort of a general it's not a library. Book. uh <laughs> yeah it'll you know it's a it, it, the, these books but certainly when they first come out tend to be quite expensive yeah. um yeah. so you see them in libraries you know university libraries in particular mm. um and it it's it, it, it it is aimed at the um the academic community so the the academic understanding Mm. of um of 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 rock music
0: and if it has the same success as alan's 1993 book then Mm. obviously then hopefully it'll be a a go-to book you know for years to come yeah for uh, particularly musicians rock musicians etc
1: absolutely Mm. It, it 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 it's such an opportune time to look back at rock music because you know, over the last sort of five, six years, we've been celebrating uh, 50 years of all of these classic albums that have been released, you know, Sgt. Pepper's, mm-hmm. and, you know, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Mm. Uh, one of my favorites, Frank Zappa, Last week his album Hot Rats, um, which was released in 1969 of course, is Mm. uh, now celebrating its 50 year celebration. So it it just seems like a really good time to sort of look back and go, okay, where are we, you know, in terms of understanding what rock is, what was it, what is it, what will it be in the future, Mm. they're they're sort of big questions, um, which, uh, you know. Yeah, hopefully people will better look back at it in another 50 years' time and say, well, that's the way they thought about it then.
0: When do you have to make a decision on the front cover? Yeah, the cover... Because
1: this has been a big battle with yourself, hasn't it? I guess
0: with Alan as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've Alan doesn't use social media, but I've been, as you know, sort of...
0: <laughs> We've market research in the, 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 the cover uh, shop.
1: Yeah, I've been... The the publishers have been sending me some ideas, and I've been sharing those ideas on social media just to get people's perspectives of what they think. um And I think we have come to the conclusion because these images have ranged from the body of a Fender Stratocaster. Is,
0: is it a Telecaster, the green one? Is that-
1: uh, the, yeah, there was a, a photograph of a, yeah. of a of a Tele. Yeah. A, a photograph of a um a band set up on stage yeah. without musicians yeah um and there's been a few other ones uh one was actually an acoustic guitar uh and you know what's coming through loud and Clear is considering how um diverse the book is in terms of the various aspects of it there isn't going to be a single image that no that covers everything but all images exclude something so for example you know most people a, a book on rock music a, a, a photograph of a Gibson Les Paul or a, um, a Fender Stratocaster okay that's the archetypal sort of rock image that, that, that those instruments have sort of developed with the history of rock music but how does that depict the technology of rock music how does it depict uh, gender um in, 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 in rock. Mm. The answer is it doesn't. So no. the question I'm beginning to I've posed this to the publishers. How do we how do we capture as much as we can in a single image, accepting that something is going to be left out. Um Yeah. You know, that's uh, what I, it's, I quite it's I, odd.
0: I quite like the I, I love the I love the green telly anyway, I like Telly's work. But um I like I like that shot of the stage because mm. I suppose, you know, that maybe is maybe more crossover and generic, perhaps, because you can have various guitars on the stage, you and, know, and, and, you know, it can be a kind of a space for people to perform. Yes. It's kind of nice, maybe.
1: It is, and it looked like, a, it, it didn't look like a mega venue, that particular no. photograph. No, small, looked like medium a small, scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah a small sort of medium-sized venue. Mm. Um, I did have some people, though, uh, contact me this is the beauty of social media going the drum the drum kit wasn't set up right (laughs) (laughs) which of course i'm not a drummer so i didn't recognize that i didn't
0: i didn't know just that so i I
1: thought oh okay we don't want that so but yeah it's an ongoing debate we haven't decided on the cover yet and i but i do know that whatever cover we end up with isn't going to be perfect you can't please please them all no we'll get as close as we can to to, and maybe to, some of the other
0: shots could crop up in the book anyway I guess
1: yeah there's not many images in the book actually ah. uh, there, there, there's lots of uh, sort of figures and diagrams but not a lot of photographs mm. uh, uh, photographs of named musicians uh, are very expensive
0: see if you were if you yes and but if you were targeting um, a popular audience as opposed to an academic audience then people love those pictures don't they
1: they do different market they do I mean my yeah. Sting book yeah. uh, had lots of photographs in yeah. it because it, it was a the book that was intended to sort of straddle the divide between academia and general readership uh, successful yeah uh, it's certainly the, yeah. m- the um, you know mm. the, the most copies of a book that i've sold because it, it, it mm. my previous book was a, a book on Zappa, but again that was aimed at an academic market so mm. it came in at 80 Eight pounds, I think. Wow! It's in softback now, so yeah. it's thirty-three pounds, I think, in softback, mm. where the Stingbook uh, uh, came in at nine ninety-nine. So people buy it for Christmas and stuff. And Quite readable. Yeah, I think it is written in a. It's written in a different sort of language to the stuff that i have written in the past, mm. and a very different language to what's been used in this rock handbook as well.
0: I, I remember when when you when you launched that book, and I asked you, you know, a typical johnsonism daft question yeah which you kind of you kind of you didn't dismiss but you kind of um you uh batted batted away to a certain extent but in a nice way and i'm trying to think of a better way of asking you the question i think i think i'll ask you this way instead you know because we there are popular perceptions of sting Hmm. and what he represents and his kind of um approach to to music and his kind of self-awareness etc yeah so from from starting to write that book during which of course you met him yeah and and then you and then you wrote the book how how did your perceptions of sting and, and his common perception change if at all
1: yeah well i think i think what i got from it was because i did such a lot of research into his background before he was in the police mm. um I, I i certainly got to know uh you know the 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 sort of local guy
0: didn't he grow up quite near yourself yeah, yeah.
1: He, he grew up he's he's older than me quite mm. a bit older but well let's make that clear to everyone. let's yeah. make that older sting is older than me everyone he's about a decade older than me mm. not that much older really um but in fact he can't be that much older because i actually seen him play in Last Exit, before he was in The Police. Wow. Uh, so I was 14 or something. I was in at school. In Newcastle? In Newcastle, yeah, yeah before yeah. he was famous. He, he mm. um, uh, you know, the, he, that was the band he crafted a lot of his songs in. Mm. But I think um, I I got to know the 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 Newcastle side of Sting, the, the local Sting, uh, and I, that's what the book focuses on, to be honest. Mm. It does go through The Police in his solo career, uh, other books have done that so uh, i the beginning and the end of the book very strongly focuses on sting the northern newcastle guy and uh because that's what the book was centered on that's what i started to understand more i think
0: did you see any parallels to yourself in in him
1: yo, yo, yeah apart from the fact mm. he's a multimillionaire yeah
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hugely successful yeah um <laughs> uh, apart from those apart, from that, apart yeah. from that, um I mean certainly you know, I think like I probably mentioned in the conversation we had the last time, this mm. uh, condition, and I did I did speak this thing about this this condition, uh, Aikenside syndrome, which is this sort of um it's a little bit a little bit like the the Welsh uh, highreith. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. it's the sort of love of your home yeah. um, and, and in Newcastle mm-hmm. it, it's slightly different with Aikenside Syndrome because it's paired up with your rejection of it it's a simultaneous rejection in love mm-hmm. um, and uh, he he, uh, mm-hmm. he suffers mm-hmm. from that and so do I and mm-hmm. so do lots of people mm-hmm. who I mean you know when I left Newcastle in 1984 I couldn't wait to get away from the place I adore the place now uh, and it's my home and it's my it's my imaginary home and it is things it 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 he you know he he, he talks about it like that he, he never moved back there obviously but he considers himself a Geordie and he's from war's end and he's proud to be from war's end yeah. which is very different from the the narratives he was talking about, uh, you know, when he first joined the police. So it's an interesting phenomenon, you know, which yeah, I yeah. I continue to sort of wrestle with myself. Yes,
0: it's fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, the, but the 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 picture that really resonated with me um, is is the one, you know, the ship at the end of the street. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Bang! Yeah. There it is, you know.
1: Yeah, it, and it it it's a iconic picture of. Oh. Yeah, as you say, this ship, which was sort of taller than the houses, right at the bottom of the street. Um, You know, to be fair, Sting uh, did live in that environment, but it wasn't as close as what he makes out to be. Right. Uh, It wasn't, he didn't look left out of his front door and see that thing at the bottom, but it was very close to where he lived. Mm. And, you know, I think seeing a landscape like that, it can't help but have an impact on you. And, you know, okay. he, he, his show, The Last Ship, sort of deals with that. And it, yes. he, it, it deals with it very well, hmm. uh, you know, on a musical and narrative level. It's, it's, it's excellent in my point of view. Probably his strongest work.
0: But this is the first time you'd met him? During the yeah, yeah. book, yeah? So yeah. This is the
1: first time you'd met him. So,
0: in a nutshell, is, ha, ha, has your perception of him changed at all? I haven't spoken to him and, and by writing this book have you got a more positive opinion of him has it not changed at all
1: I, I always when, when I was writing the book and mm. even after I'd met him because like I said at the start I met him near the start I hadn't I was, okay. nowhere, I was yeah. nowhere near finishing the book mm. when I when I met him um, but I, I did want to stay as detached as possible okay. I, uh, I I was aware of my own investment in that phenomena that I've just been saying to you yes, and i was yes. aware that he yeah, yeah. also resonated with that mm-hmm. and I, but i was determined to try and sort of stay um detached um as, as best i can i only met him on on the on the one occasion um okay and um you know i, I don't feel a need to meet him again uh, i uh, you know i'm i am way past the years of being sort of star star struck and stuff like that. He was an interesting analysis object for me uh that's the way I sort of thought of him um and it 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 has a this resonance with this much bigger phenomena which is bigger than me bigger than sting It's a massive phenomena this sort of need for home this how you relate to your to your home and what mm. that home is you know yeah. it's it's a it's a huge Sort of exercise in uh, nostalgia, which many people engage with.
0: It, I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but I, I won't because it, we, people, you know, it's a podcast. But um, yeah. that that idea is, is such an interesting one, and you, I think you chose such. You, you cho- I mean, I'm, I'm, I would I'm, imagine you wanted to do this for a long time, and you know, you thought Sting has come out of the same kind of roots as yourself, reinvented himself as this kind of multi-layered, um, multi-textual kind of rock star, pop star, god, you know. Yeah. And then and then and then he kind of that's his heritage. But probably if he went back there, he you know, the way he'd be received would, would be different to maybe how how he he, he 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 would expect or want. And then with yourself you came from that you've come from that, you know, it's still obviously close to your heart. Yeah. But you're now a professor, you know, I mean yeah. you you've yeah. moved up, you've got you've published books, yeah. Um, you know, you've travelled the world, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, So it's kind of, it's, it's a really interesting uh, case study there, isn't into, it? Into self, in some way, oh, it, it's your personal kind of ear, or whatever it might
1: be, you know. Absolutely, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I'm always you know brought back home. My, my mother still lives in the street I grew up with, a uh, group grew, grew up in, sorry. So mm. I go back not just to the north, but I go back to the street I was born in terraced houses, um, semi detached, yeah, okay. um, mm. uh, and you know, um that's where i come from i, I i'll never mm. want to escape that it's part of who i am yeah. and 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 you know being f- people from south wales and people from the north tend to hate snobs and i i yeah i, I i'm an anti-snob guy you know although yeah. you become yeah uh, you get a title or, or whatever yeah, yeah. and you know I, I would be disingenuous if i uh, said i wasn't proud of that i i am but um i mm. don't think of it as being a uh, hierarchical thing. It's just an extension of who yeah. I was at the start, I suppose. Well, we all uh, want to
0: progress, don't we? We, we all, you know, we, we you, do you don't diff- want to stand still, you know.
1: Yeah, you, you want to, mm. you want to, um, you know, uh, yeah, move on, develop, whatever it is. And when when I um, uh, left the life of a professional musician, I I wanted to make a a, a life as an academic, whatever that meant. You know, I, I didn't know what it meant. Mm. Uh, at the time when I started off but um, yeah I've enjoyed the journey and and, um, but yeah you're right I mean that going back to what you said that that phenomena I think resonates with so many people Mm. and and in particular when you get older I think you know you get older and you know suddenly that sort of idea of home it the return becomes um, more impossible the return becomes because of life circumstances for example I've got you, children who aren't Geordies. Uh, they both they, they they, Welsh, are they? they, they, they no, they're up, both Welsh, actually. They grew, they grew up, up in Wales, but my son was born in Dorset and mm. my daughter was born in Croydon. So you made
0: sure they are both hospitals. born across the border.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So it becomes complex, yeah. you know, yeah. it becomes complex and it, mm. it's massively complex for Sting. Yeah. But, it, you know, I, I try to make it clear when I mm. wrote that, and even trying to make a clear thing and it wasn't about him it, it was about this bigger phenomena yeah um and he was a, a a means to sort of explore that bigger phenomena more than anything else don't get me wrong i love his music and i think he's a very talented he's guy a very talented guys no yeah. doubt about that yeah
0: um you've got a couple of things happening in january i believe one is a you know talking about academia a symposium and I think you mentioned something else that was happening as well in the new year as well. Was it another book or publication or something you are working on?
1: Yeah. the sort of two things that are happening in January. I've got a, a special edition of uh, the journal Popular Music History coming out, which I've sort of edited the collection. It's got six chapters. Um, this is the one about loss, is it? It's about lost history. Yeah. So about lost histories. So um, uh, my chapter is actually on what I was talking to you before about the... Exhibition in Merthyr Tidville It's about the history of The lost history of music, of popular music in Merthyr Tidville
0: Do you talk about the reception of that By local people at all? Yeah, it's yeah? got
1: uh, fo- some photos That the community donated And it's mm. got bits of interviews in there
0: do you, have, you, have you captured the local reaction To looking back on themselves If you know what I mean?
1: Uh, well, what we're going to do When this comes out in January it, I'm going to go back to the community And do a little talk and yeah. have a bit of re- reflection on the whole thing because uh,
0: you know uh, yeah. this is uh, this is a weird one you said about alan moore there was another professor moore i can't remember his is i can't remember his christian name now but he's an f- amazing guy and he came and gave a presentation here at the university and he was a guy who was interested in um sound art oh right? okay not, not what we're talking about at all here, mm. but it's just, it's a pertinent story mm. so he um, developed this piece of sound art, and what he wanted to do was that's what I said about gauging the reaction of people to it. He's interested in creating the stuff, but the interest value for him is the reaction to the stuff that he creates.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he had this yeah.
0: um, uh, um, uh, a bridge over over a river in Ireland, and um, what, he, what he'd what done was it's a fascinating story, I'll briefly write down. But what he'd done was he, he developed these waterproof microphones, stuck them in the water and recorded do you know about this the sound of the river flowing maybe you do oh, so yeah. he'd recorded the river the flow of the river I can't remember the name of the river now I will, I will in a bit but anyway he'd recorded the sound of the river and then what he'd done was I mean how do how how, how do you record a river yeah so he's recorded this river and then he's he's fed the sound into uh, a software mm-hmm. and created a sine wave wow. now weirdly with the sine wave the actual sine wave was actually quite tuneful mm. had, a, had a pitch to it had mm-hmm. a musicality to it right mm. So then he 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 played this back to, to people, and he had a listening post on this on this bridge mm-hmm. going across the river.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I said to him, you know, do people think this is just academic kind of ponciness mm-hmm. or or do they or do they or do they get it? Do they get it? You know? Yeah. And, and you know, if you, and that's a difficult question, really. And I don't mean it in a, in a critical way, no, but no. it's a real way, you know. Yeah, I understand. In terms of saying. like, we're talking about Merthyr Tidwell, we're talking about Cardiff, we're talking about South Wales, we're talking about Newcastle. Yeah, like working class roots, reali- yeah. reality, and you yeah, know, you sure. where we are. And can we afford bread tomorrow and all this stuff? Yeah, you know? totally get you. So yeah. he's done all this stuff, yeah. and he said, do you, do you know, the weird thing was what about it? Um, local people actually, a lot of people actually really loved it mm-hmm. because this river, well, some of them had scattered their family ashes into it, et etc et cetera. Yeah. So it's a real kind of um beauty yeah. to having the river sing sing back to the really interesting.
1: I love I love that. And, and and you are right. I think, you know, you've got to be careful to to you know, when you um, do this sort of research to make sure that it's it's relevant and mm. accessible to people. Mm. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, certainly the uh, the Mirtha research uh, resonated massively with the community. I, I really feel that you know it. I'll be interested what they think uh, of this collection, because hmm. um, uh, what what the collection does it it looks at, um, in addition to my chapter on Merthyr Tidville, it has got a chapter on um, written by Dr. Mike Jones from the University of Liverpool um, uh, on. Uh, Uh, The Lost History of a Venue in Ebervale. Now, uh, Mike is also an ex um, uh, full-time musician. He was in a band called Latin Quarter Hmm. uh, who had a record deal and you know, uh, he's based up in Liverpool but he's got strong roots in Ebervale. And then we've got a a, a chapter also written on um, the lost histories of popular music making in Aberdeen in the 90s, written by a uh, 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 Anne Cleeton who is a PhD uh, student at the University of East Anglia, and then the other chapters a uh, friend of mine Dr Mike Brock um, who's just retired from Liverpool Hope University who's a, a world renowned expert on the Beatles um, he's written um, a, a chapter on um, lost musical history he's of a producer in Liverpool.
0: Has he got any books published about that?
1: Um, about he, the Beatles stuff. yeah, yeah he's, he's got he's got a lot published and a lot published on hidden histories in Liverpool and um, yeah he's, he's, he's a very well um, Mike Brocken Mike Brocken or Michael Brocken mm. yeah he's actually a radio DJ now is he he started off as a DJ and he's mm. now retired and he's gone back to being a, a DJ up in Liverpool I forget what what radio station he works for mm. And then uh, there's a lost history of a club called the Click Club in um, Birmingham. uh, Paul Long, who we mentioned, who Mm -hmm. although Paul's from Birmingham, he's just actually moved to Australia um, to take a new role. And uh, Sarah Rain from Birmingham City University, they've Mm -hmm. written a chapter on this this venue, the Click Club, which was a venue, an iconic venue in the 90s. And the last one... um, is written by a guy called Dave Allen on um, the lost musical history, histories of uh, popping and music making in uh, Portsmouth. So they're all places that uh, and Liverpool aside I suppose but they've tended to be places that have been written out of the history of popular music, you don't hear Merthyr Tydfil mentioned much, you don't hear Ebervale, you don't hear it's Aberdeer, Aberdeer no. uh, Birmingham's not mentioned a great deal apart from heavy metal, Yeah. you know um, Ozzy Osbourne and yeah. Black Sabbath and stuff yeah. so yeah hopefully it'll be a contribution to the debate on how we need to start uh, engaging with local, not just famous bands but local bands that have made their way in these things so you said you had a
0: bad memory, but you remembered all of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know how I've done that. It's quite scary, <laughs> you actually. did well there. Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite proud of myself for that one.
0: Uh, and, and you also mentioned, I think there was an, uh, the 30th of January event? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So 30th of January, the, the, one of the projects I'm working on starting January hmm. is um, a special edition of the journal Popular Music Education. And uh, I've been asked to co-edit a collection of essays with um, uh, Professor Helena Gaunt, who's the principal of the Royal Welsh College. And uh, just an opportunity came up. I, I've already got most of the authors for this, yeah. uh, but uh, on the 30th of January, uh, we're, um, we're presenting early drafts of the papers. Um, all sorts of different things um, you know it's not just education in the traditional sense mm. uh, i.e. the school curriculum or higher education or further education but it's it's looking at education in the community how do, how do we become educated by popular music mm. both inside traditional circles but also outside of them um, so we've got a, a whole load of speakers uh, lined up for that. So it's yeah, just to say that it's on the uh, 30th of January, like you said. Um, you can actually book up a ticket if you. Um, uh, we might be able to stick it on the on the on the website. It's yeah, sure. We could an eventbrite or something, it, so? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, it's part of the Immersed Festival. Yeah. Um, and Richard Ashcroft from the Verve is headlining that um damon's mate yeah damon's mate um <laughs> mr Manchala's best buddy yeah. uh so they're headlining mm. but during the day we've got this popular music uh, symposium which is taking place between 9 30 and uh, four o'clock uh so the, there's limited spaces it's it's five pounds to get in mm. all the money goes to the teenage um cancer trust and it includes um, refreshments as well. So it's a it's it's a bargain and hopefully we, we, we can get some people along to that as well as turning up for the gig.
0: Now I brought a guitar along, which I'm thinking I know your 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 prowess as a guitarist, but yes. sadly you've 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 seriously damaged your main playing finger.
1: I have. Yeah. So
0: we can't do any playing. Yeah, now. But yeah I, next. Hope, I hope you'll come in again. I'd love to. And um uh, maybe even with Chrissy Jenkins would be would be would be lovely. Yeah. Um and you know and we'll, we'll we'll have you back for that um it's a podcast so it's kind of timeless really but if you're looking ahead to anything in the next year in terms of um i don't know music and life in general etc anything which is what what what, what are you looking for doing to?
1: yeah i mean uh I, I mentioned you off here before we started when you Showed me the guitar, and then I showed you my finger. Yes, uh, I'm, finger to yeah. I, I'm going to do some um, work over the Christmas and hopefully into the new year to try and get back into my guitar playing because um, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to lose that. But no, I suppose my main concern in the early parts of the year will be um, doing the final um, confirming the final proofs on the um, the Broondry Handbook of Rock Music Research. Um, making sure that uh, we uh, get the uh, popular music education um, journal written and published and I, I've i got a monograph floating around in my head but I, I don't want to say what it is yet because I, I need to give it a little bit more thought but I I want to start working on uh, another monograph and for that I may need to, I probably will need to Get some uh, assistance from someone like the Arts Humanity Research Council uh, to get into it. So, yeah, that's what's floating around at the minute. But at the minute, I'm mainly thinking of mince pies and sandy Claus movies.
0: Well then, well then. <laughs> well, Paul, hopefully, as I say, we'll see you again. And uh, here, and um, hopefully, playing some music. I'm just thinking in my head. Then, wouldn't it be great? if you had, when you get your finger working properly, get the guitar going. Chris, you're doing a bit of percussion in the corner? How nice would that be?
1: It would be great. We'll do that.
0: Anyway, Paul Carr, thank you very much for being with us today.
1: Thanks, Steve.